What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Blake Anthony is still here with us, and we're going to go back and recap the NBA draft and see how we did with our predictions for who would win the NBA regular season awards. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What's going on, fellas? How are we doing, guys? Just ready to talk some more shit. <laughs> I want to go buy some basketball cards. Well, you're looking at basketball shoes right now. I am. I am. It's true. Whoa. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Uh, I'm gonna blame Kanye West. I don't know who else to blame, but the fact that monarchs are just like a cool thing now, it really just pisses me off. I think Pete Carroll probably right. No, but he wore oh, the ultimate they, dad shoe wear. No, but he wore no like he wore them before though. He wasn't wearing them because it's hype. You know what I mean? He been wearing. He's been wearing those, and that's rightfully so. Pete Carroll's the right guy. <laughs> It's fucking all these other idiots rocking these, you know what I mean? It's just, god damn it. Well, yeah. But what what shoes are you looking at right now? The Monarchs, and oh. they're $250. Oof. That's, that's a pretty penny. It's ridiculous. It's a fucking catastrophe. Blake, what's your favorite uh, basketball shoe ever? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. To play in. I bet, I bet Tyler knows. Let him have it. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, hold on. Two-parter. To play in and to just like style, like where? I mean, I think the play in is is the uh, 2008 Hyperdunk. Nailed I it, crushed it. And I think it's a great just, one. And I think just to wear is the Black Cement Threes. Got it. Top two. <laughs> Man, I know what's up. All time favorite shoe to hoop in is the 08 yeah. Hyperdunks. Yeah. People forget everyone Dude. had those. It's a it's a top three. It's a top three like play in shoe to me of all time. It's arguably one. One of the greatest basketball shoes of all time and i mean the lamborghini uh kobe video you know yep. how classic and the olympic colorway as being the original colorway yep you so know what i mean they released it as an olympic colorway and an all black those were the first two and it was just yep it, the hyperdunk and now and now it's looked at to the youth that are wearing it as like an old like oh now you've been doing this forever that's yeah what I, I wore the that my senior year that's the shoe i wore i wore that my freshman year I had I had the I had the original white and navy blue colorway. I had the But I mean I never I never like necessarily like played as far as like any sort of like high school or anything, but I know I hooped in those motherfuckers. No, a I bunch. played I played my entire freshman year in those hyperdunks in the like black and white colorway. I think the questions classics. The yeah. questions are probably the other shoe that I'll like I always throw in the mix is the best. I mean, my favorite my favorite shoe to wear, like style, like my dream, like shoe is the Bread Eleven Jordans, like no doubt. Yeah, see, not not I, my man, not I. I just 
I don't know. I, I like tend to, I try to like favor the stuff that like I really liked when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Cause that's when I think my opinion was pure. Well, that's, that's the shoe I've always and dreamed about. And I got nothing beats nostalgia. Just, yeah. I, I just think, I mean, to me, I've always said my, my favorite sneaker of all time is the answer for in the black, gray and red colorway, the zip up Iversons. No, oh, those ones are um, fresh. It's just like it's always been the it's always been number one to me because of the time period, um, and you know the influence that that guy had on me. Yeah, no, I mean AI, AI defined an entire era's culture. No, yeah, really. Steph, yeah, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, those guys are two of the biggest or three of the biggest like influencers on what you see in the the game. Hundred percent. They they're the guys that mesh the culture and the game together. Yeah, no, that's that's a great way to Kid, put it. Kids wanted to be Iverson. That's that's <laughs> who did that, it. That, that's what it was, man. The inventor of the shooting sleeve. Well, and the NBA forced him to wear it. And and, and I think he was also like you could make a you could make an argument for Dennis Rodman, but I think he's also the first one to really roll with tattoos, and he's also the first one to rock cornrows. Yeah, yeah, no AI completely. He completely changed. See what happens when you start talking about sneakers? It <laughs> turns into Alan Iverson <laughs> talk, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's and that's that's the epitome of what we're talking about. So, but all right, enough of that because that was that was a great way to start the show. <laughs> but we're back. We just finished recording our free agency uh, episode, so if you want to go check that out, it's be sure to do that. It's we it's love a, the NBA. It's a mess, just like. <laughs> the NBA free agency was this summer because limited amount of data to jump into. Yeah. And Blake, Blake said this was probably the craziest free agency period he's ever seen in his life. And I I couldn't agree more. I think definitely the most uh, big time, like superstar players changing where they played bigger than 2010. I think so because of the amount of the ripple effects each move had on the entire league and how each one truly had a domino effect on the other because of, yeah. How many teams were interchanged with players switching? Free agency to me is just one of those things where every year I think it gets more and more dramatic. Yeah, I think that's yeah. The there's way just no off season now in the NBA. Year round sport. Yeah. Something happening every day. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it, good job NBA, best league in the world. The, yeah, and the NBA has has followed suit with the NFL. I think the the NFL turned itself into a 12 month sport quicker than the NBA did, but the NBA doing. Uh, is doing it at a quicker rate i think than the nfl did and i think ultimately basketball will surpass football one day as the most popular sport in america it's gotta hurry up soccer's on its way too i don't know definitely worldwide basketball is like booming worldwide compared to football i think basketball is the number one sport i mean (laughs) obviously i have a little bit of bias i I think all three of us have that bias but uh to me it's like the best athletes in the world play basketball and that's that's that. Yeah. But all right, like I like I said on the last episode previewing this one, this one is going to be all about the NBA draft and the results from the NBA awards show that took place a couple of weeks ago that really means nothing but just solidified everything we somewhat already knew. Yeah. But let's start with the NBA draft. Like we said uh, a couple of weeks ago when we previewed it, the top three picks were chalk, Zion to the Pelicans, Jaw to uh, Jaw Morant to the Grizzlies, 
and R.J. Barrett to the New York Knicks. But the the first round was really riddled with trades, and there were two big ones. And I know, Tyler, you want to go through just straight one through 14. So, yeah, I we mean, can, I we think can starting just, at four is a good spot. I mean, yeah. obviously, R.J., I think is on his way to be an all-star. So if, you know, all these like role player type guys that they build around him work out, maybe the Knicks have a future, but it's all on RJ's shoulders right now. Um, Jaws fun. It's going to be great to see that, that like young core grow together. Um, and yeah, Zion's I really, really Zion's. like what Memphis has going on right now with just uh, yeah. Jaw and then uh, Jaron Jackson. And then yeah. a little later in the draft, they got Brandon Clark. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty solid three P's to young guys to build around. And, yeah. and so that's a good entry into the draft is like Memphis, I think, early on, that's a good winner. I mean, I think they won. I think they got two good young pieces moving forward. They're, like Brandon Clark is not expected to be a superstar. Jaw Morant kind of is. They have, you know, you know what I mean? They have different expectations, different roles. Jaron Jackson's obviously the guy that's already there. I, yeah, um, I just think Jaron Jackson and uh, how he plays and how Brandon Clark plays, they're going to complement each other well. I think they're solid. They're going to be terrible versatile. for the next couple of years, but yeah. they got three like solid guys to build around. I think I think they're you know they're what the Kings were two years ago. Yeah, you know I mean it's just they're going to get better. Um, and then starting out number four is my favorite team in the East. I got to say, <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Hawks trading up to get DeAndre Hunter, and I in fact called them getting DeAndre Hunter, not at number four. I didn't predict that part, but remember I put together in the last episode my dream Hawks lineup, and it included DeAndre Hunter. So I think that um, not only getting DeAndre Hunter and then later on Cam Reddish falls to you, I think Hawks are big-time winners in the draft. Yeah, so uh, like I was saying earlier, there were two big trades in the first round that involved top 11 picks. Uh, the first one involved two top seven picks. New Orleans trading the fourth pick in Solomon Hill and a second-round pick uh, for a future second-rounder to the Hawks for the 8th, 17th, 35th, and then a 2020 first-round pick. Ultimately, like you were saying, Tyler, that means DeAndre Hunter, who quote-unquote was selected by the Lakers at four, ends up at Atlanta via New Orleans, and then Jackson Hayes ends up in New Orleans, also at eight. Nikhil Alexander at 17 also ends up at New Orleans. But, I mean, you called it DeAndre Hunter to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm it's, super stoked. And I think I'm actually higher on Cam Reddish than you would think that I am just because he's a dookie. But I think because he played third fiddle that he slipped a little. So to get – I think they got a guy at 10 where, like, I think he dropped – and then DeAndre Hunter, they kind of reached at four. Like he might not, he might not have necessarily gone at four or five. But um, ultimately, Atlanta bringing in two forwards that are skilled, good young guys to complement a big like John Collins and a point guard like Trey Young. Big time winners in the draft. Yeah, and then on the flip side of that, New Orleans was able to turn Anthony Davis into. Lonzo Ball. A whole Brand, team. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander. Uh, obviously, Zion Williamson. They still have Drew Holiday and all the pieces that they had before. It's it's remarkable what David Griffin was able to do by automatically flipping the four pick to, the, to even more improve the team. He got the best out of a shitty situation. 
Yeah. And well, it's got to feel good for the Hawks after yeah. last year trading for uh, the Luka. Oh you my God! Dude, you gotta feel a lot. You gotta feel a lot better how it played out now, getting Trey Young and Cam Reddish. It's like now you see yeah. like what the trade was basically. Yeah, no, I, I was like, I feel like Trey Young and Luca is is like you both of those. You're the. It's best case scenario for both teams, I think. Yeah. I feel like you gotta feel pretty good having Trey Young and Cam Reddish. I mean, I personally take Luca. Like, I think Luca's gonna be like a future MVP player. Yeah. But they gotta feel pretty good in Atlanta. You did good no, with that trade. No, I think I think considering how well Luca's done. That's like a big teller of Trey Young's success. The fact that like Luca's crushed it and you're still like really happy about Trey Young, that's a win right there. For sure, I mean? it, it makes it a lot a lot easier right now. Like having Cam Reddish, I feel like you gotta feel good about it. And like if he turns out to be a bust, then it's whatever. But like you got right now, you feel good. He's could he's got like yeah. I mean, on the draft. when this kid was in high school, he was projected as like a top three, top four pick. Yeah, and, and if you got you got him at ten. And then you also got a guy out of Virginia, DeAndre Hunter, who's a stud. It's just like they they did they did the right move, and they got good talent at positions they needed talent. Yeah, and if you're if you're looking at it from a fan perspective, as both a Mavericks fan and or a, a Hawks fan, both franchises have done things to sell you as a fan to get you excited. They're both moving in the right direction. Exactly. They're they've both made moves to where they are more competitive than they've been the last two, three years. No big doubt about big it. Big fan of both those teams. Yeah. Um, but then moving on to number five, I think is the first big swing and a miss. Uh, <laughs> now I could eat my words someday and they could form a great backcourt. But uh, at number five, Cleveland getting Darius Garland, a point guard, um, having Colin Sexton drafted a year ago, who was a solid rookie campaign. It just uh, doesn't make sense. But – you know, I don't run an NBA team, uh, but if I did, I don't think I would have gone with this mix. No, I think Cleveland's terrible. They're a mess over there. And they tried to salvage it at the end of the first round by trading for the 30th pick to draft Kevin Porter Jr., but I still don't think that's going to be well, enough. And, and here's the thing is Cleveland, I like the Kevin Porter Jr. pick. And I, I like and it too. And I like who's the homie from Belmont. Didn't they get the dude from Belmont? Uh, uh, one sec. I got it. I got Dylan it. Dylan Windler from Belmont. That kid, I think that kid is like he's a nice little piece. But you blew a a five pick. You can't that like that kind of stuff holds your your franchise back like a whole another year. Who yeah, would you drafting point guards back to back drafts? Not really a great idea. No, terrible. Who I mean, would you have? Who would you have rather they drafted then? Oh, almost anybody. I mean, if you're gonna go with two guards, why not go with Kobe White? If you want more of a true shooting guard. Three, why not go to Jared, Jared Culver, and then it's like or Cam Reddish, and yeah. then it's just like That's Cam what I Reddish, they were gonna pick. and then it's just like Cam Reddish right there. You know what I mean? So it's just honestly, there's like four or five guys I probably would have took if I was Cleveland. I'm not saying Darius Garland's not a good player, but that just is not. That's like the worst case scenario for this kid. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I feel like Cleveland, I feel like Jared Bayless fell into the same trap. Well, but here's the thing, Cleveland is in an interesting position because they don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Love. They don't know what they're going to – well, they probably know what they're going to do with J.R. Smith. They're, they have to get rid of him. But Kevin Love is obviously more of a question mark. They're stuck with Tristan Thompson with a lot of money. They're trying to develop Colin Sexton. Yeah, I mean, I think Sexton and 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 um, and uh, Jetty are like their two guys, and then they've got these draft picks. I mean, don't forget the Laker grades. Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, my boys. 
those guys are awesome. Yeah, they are. Cleveland's going nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 looking bad there. I think I, so. That's the first swing and a miss. Um, and next then, big, Jared Culver. Yeah, so I, li- I like this kid. Uh, Minnesota, though, as a whole, I think is like probably an F. I think they're off season. I think I just don't understand how they just like they get all this talent, but I think they're gonna miss the playoffs again. Yeah, and it's like I don't, I, I don't know, just. Jerry Culver is a nice piece, but I think ultimately they're going to miss the playoffs with people like Wiggins and Cat on the roster. Yeah, so originally, obviously, the sixth pick w- belonged to Phoenix. They ended up making a trade with Minnesota. They sent the 11th pick and Dario Saric to Phoenix. They then- must have wanted Garland, I feel like. So that's why they traded back. I feel like they Garland? Must- you mean Culver? No, I feel like Phoenix must have wanted Garland. Darius Garland, who went to Cleveland, uh-huh. and when he was taken by Cleveland, they backed out. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, but anyways, like you were saying, Minnesota, I agree, gets an F for the offseason. They clearly need a point guard, and I think they need to get rid of Andrew Wiggins because I don't think that is working out, and they've committed a lot of money to him, and Cat is coming up, and they need to pay him. Get Wiggins to Toronto. You know, like Toronto needs the guy, needs that that Kawhi void. Toronto, you know, get him back to Canada, pitch all that. Wiggins got to get out of Minnesota. He's, I'm not a big Wiggins fan. I mean, I just think he's like overrated. Well, but you have Cat. I think if you have Cat, you got to make the playoffs. And yeah, he's a young stud, but they have nothing else. I think it's much more likely he gets traded than they get like a stud in there, a point guard that's going to help them do something. Yeah, me too. I think I think this team's over. Well, I, th- well, yeah, I think the team is over for sure. But I think the only way for like Colbert Minnesota to be one of those guys that gets traded too. The only way for Minnesota to keep Carl Anthony Towns is for them to trade for D'Angelo Russell. Which they, I think they blew it. <laughs> I think there's still a chance for them to get him though. I just I don't know how patient you can be as a franchise if you're Minnesota. Like you, you I just think going through this year they're gonna look at it and realize they're not a playoff team. Nobody wants to play in Minnesota. It's gonna be hard getting anybody to come there. You gotta draft. Even with having Cat, who's like a, one of the best bigs in the league. You gotta draft out. You gotta draft. You gotta draft guys that want to be there, and you gotta be really crafty in free agency. But yeah. I mean, historically Minnesota just doesn't can't make it. I mean, they've had s- superstars. Kevin Garnett's, Kevin Loves, Carl Anthony Towns. Just can't do it. But uh, then, so moving to seven, I got Kobe White. Perfect fit. Chicago crushed it. Yeah, Chicago. I love it. Yeah, so he'll be a compliment player with uh, Zach Levine. That's pretty dangerous in the open court. They've got size and speed. Wendell Carter, Lori Markkinen. Chicago's doing things. they got one of the funnest. Auto Porter. Who's solid? You know what I mean to play that 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 three position for him. That's a that's a solid roster. I like sh- where Chicago's going. They just have to stay healthy. I mean that's their yeah. biggest uh, that's their biggest enemy. Um, and then we've already talked a little bit about Jackson Hayes, but I personally think that that's a reach. He's one of those guys that hasn't played a lot of basketball though, so his potential is kind of through the roof. And he's also a guy that. Went through like a 10-inch growth spurt, so he's still developing. But, I mean, Pelicans, I think they could have done better. But, I mean, they did so so well at their places that I think they'll be able to hide that. Did you guys see his dunk last night in the summer league? Yeah, he yammed on that dude. (laughs) Unreal. That was 
Pelicans are gonna be fun. They're gonna be running up and down the court. They're gonna be doing a bunch of that. Yeah, listen, I th- I think the Pelicans have a very good chance to make the playoffs in the West. I think that I mean, honestly, think that ultimately they do. It's a nice little team out there. I think Zion's gonna be able to contribute right away. Brandon Ingram should be at the peak in his development. Yeah. Um, you gotta ha- you know Drew Holiday's a vet. You gotta have Lonzo healthy. They could do some damage. Yeah. All right. Now I know you guys are excited to talk about. What happened at nine? My guy. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first team I would have picked for him to go to, but the fact that the I know what the state of this franchise is in, you know, he could be part of their, their building block. Rui to the Wizards. Rui Hachimura. Gonzaga, uh, baby. Gonzaga product. And uh, just an NBA player. He's going to do it all. And he's that matchup against superstars. You know, he's that guy that guards the superstar. Yeah, everyone's hating, talking about him being a bust, getting picked way too high. I think the Kawhi Leonard comparison's nice. That's the kind of game he has. It is. He's a big guy like that, plays defense, plays hard. And like, a reserve, you know, just a reserved game. It's not flashy. What it's was he, his first, uh, first Japanese-born player ever? Yep. Yep. And and it's just like, it's all business. His game is all business, similar to a Kawhi. Yeah. Rui's going to be solid. All these experts talking about how the Wizards picked a bust, like that guy would have fallen to the 20s. They're going to be surprised. He's going to be out there. He's going to be able to play. And I love that they got Isaiah Thomas now. It, yeah, exactly. Two guys I think have played in Hoop Fest this year. I think <laughs> <laughs> they've got – I mean, they've got – I think that the, the, the Wizards got some guys that are going to be out there trying to play hard. So it's like, you know, they're, they're not going to be a playoff team, but I think these guys are going to get opportunities to show that they can still play. Yeah, Rui's going to get a lot of burn in Washington. He's going to he's going to be able to prove himself. And yeah, I like he, Admiral Schofield. He just started the three or the four for him right away. And I like Admiral Schofield. I think he's going to make the team. You know, so to get two rookies that actually make the roster, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Now at ten, we we kind of already talked about Cam Reddish a little bit. Yeah. Uh, dropped i mean i think i think most people saw him going you know in the first six or seven picks to go 10 is pretty low yeah i would have said top player, seven player of his caliber yeah you gotta feel good like we're getting a guy that was supposed to go higher like dropping to us but then on the other side it's just like there's a reason he's dropping he had a bad year freshman year at duke yeah no i just it just i don't think it was a bad year i just think it was a bad fit it, there was a lot going on in that duke offensive system that, and that's the that's the question right now like what's going to happen when he's playing in the league yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in the league, there's a lot of talent. So, he's also played with a lot of talent already. You know what I mean? He, he knows how to fit in. Because um, when you get to the league, you got RJ and Zion on every team. Yeah. So, it's just uh, – I mean, I'm not super big on this kid, but I definitely think he dropped and he can be a talented guy. But I see what you're saying. Like, there's obviously some red flags somewhere. Well, it's all, it's all about understanding your role. Third best player on your college team. It's like, you know, it's pretty tough to take that as a lottery pick, but well, it was in an interesting situation. Yeah. No, it's de- it's definitely a special case, but it's it's like I said, it's all it's all about understanding your role and what you make of it given the opportunities you get on the court. Yeah, you see Cam Reddish, he's got NBA body. It's just like see what happens once he gets there. You got to be excited about it. You're Atlanta, you got to be pumped. Atlanta. Yep. They're yeah. on. Um, no, listen, I love we all love what Atlanta's done this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I just think that they're an interesting team and they're building the right way. It's always, I think it's just exciting to see young cores come together after a couple of drafts, and it's like, oh shit, okay, kind of did something here. Yeah. Um, now, next, next picks I think is a reach after a after huge reach after a big drop, big reach. Cameron yeah. Johnson out of North Carolina. Phoenix doesn't know what they're doing. They're fucking up. Uh, I think they're fucking up. I I love Tar Heels. I like Cam Johnson, but. 
this is a reach. I mean, they took him before Nas Little, who played with Cam Johnson in college. They took him before a lot of other guys down the list that I think people had higher. I had him as a late first-round pick. As well, soon as I heard he's older than Devin Booker, I knew it was horrible. And, yeah. and I'm a North Carolina guy. I'm a North Carolina guy, and I had this guy as a late first-round pick. So to go at 11, I think they fucked up. Well, and and they stay fucking the up thing, for the draft. I don't understand. The thing it. with me is Bender, Marquise, Chris. Like it's just, God yeah, damn, they're gonna move. Phoenix is gonna lose their team. No, just the, wasting good. Devin Booker's career. The thing, the thing with me is, is like they took, they they made this trade. They traded back in the draft to eleven from six. Obviously, it was a move where we thought they have an idea that they have someone they like at a certain spot and they want to get him. They obviously loved him. I mean, right. But this happened all before free agency. And when they signed Ricky, Ru- Ricky Rubio as their point guard, they had to go point guard in the draft because they didn't know Ricky Rubio was coming at the time. Yeah. The Suns, they fucking blew it. They're, they're another big, uh, swing and a miss. Yeah. And I hate to say that because <laughs> Cam Johnson, it's not his fault. You know what I mean? It's not his fault. He's number 11. They're going to be in the lottery again next year. So have fun, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, next pick, P.J. Washington out of Kentucky. I wasn't a huge fan, but people seem to like him. Going to Charlotte, I think Charlotte's – that's another swing and a miss. Um, not Who that, knows what Charlotte's doing? Not, not that at the 12 pick you're, like, really looking for something, like, dynamic, but – I just think PJ Washington at the twelfth pick, that was not a not a win. There's a couple there's probably, you know, three or four guys that would have took over him. Yeah. And then to uh finish out the uh finish out the lottery here, Tyler Hero going to Miami. I'm a big fan of Tyler Hero. I don't necessarily think he's gonna be a stud, but hopefully he can crack the rotation in Miami. I think that's the goal is just crack the roto. He's a shooter. Yeah, at the he's end of the day. He's just got to prove himself on defense. That's I think that's what he's looking for. And at the end of the day, if he's making shots, he'll be out there. Yeah, hopefully he can be a 3 and D player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's got a good NBA game. He's got a good handle. He's got a good three. He's got size at the guard position, but he's got to be he's got to be able to play defense on the NBA level. Um, and then last pick the lottery, Boston Celtics getting the uh, Indiana Hoosier, Romeo Langford. I think this kid's a, I think this kid's a good good player and they got a good they got a good value at this pick. I thought he was a top 10 pick. Yeah, and they I I'm I don't know. It's it's just another <laughs> asset, baby. Celtics got an asset. Yeah. This kid had a, not a great college career. He's super touted out of high school. McDonald's All-American, Jordan All-American. Yeah. Had a hurt thumb last year. It's like, that's we don't a, need a rookie. No rookie's going to come in and play for the Celtics anyways. Yeah, I, I think don't, they drafted best available. And I don't, But I don't see him lasting with the Celtics. I don't I don't see him cracking the rotation. I see him but as that's a future still, that still trade doesn't, asset. It's still a good pick, I think, at that, that point. Like like you said, you're gaining an asset. You took best available. He's probably Even if he doesn't stay with the team, then he's a trade value. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff going on going on in the draft. Um, I liked I liked Oklahoma City taking Darius Basley, yep. the New Balance intern. Um, yeah, especially root for that guy. Especially now, I mean, now it's like even if it's like everything's working out for him. They're trading all the stars away, um, so he's gonna get some burn. And man, uh, the two things that really my two blind sides were 
Nas Little, Nazir Little, um, dropping all the way to 25 to the Blazers. Yeah, that was a little surprising. The kid out of the kid out of North Carolina that was MVP of the McDonald's game, MVP of the Jordan Brand Classic, top five recruit out of high school, 25th overall. That's the job. But Portland got a good one, and then Kevin Porter Jr. going last pick in the first round. It's crazy to me. I mean, yeah. I just thought I thought he was a lottery pick. So Hunter, I, a so, lot of people thought he was a lottery pick. I think he's got an NBA game, and that kid can get a bucket. So he's just going to be another one of those Seattle guys that's doing it in the NBA. Jamal, Crawf- Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson. Um, I think he's in that mold of those guys. Yeah. I mean, I thought he he in high school I compared him to James Harden, just with the lefty, the ability to get to the rim, the ability to shoot. I think Cleveland got a good one. Yeah, and then the Lakers didn't. Ha-ha. I forgot about the Lake Show, man. The Lakers didn't have a second-round pick. They ended up trading, obviously, the fourth pick overall to New Orleans as part of the Anthony Davis trade, and then New Orleans trading it to Atlanta, yada, yada, yada. But the Lakers traded into the second round. They got the 46th pick, and they drafted your boy, TP. Man, this guy got some coverage on the TSK Show, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if you listen, you know what's up. Yeah. Talent- t- Talon Horton Tucker, my THT. boy. THT. Uh, uh, Chicago kid, Simeon kid, went to a one and done out of Ohio State. I think he's the the shooting guard version, the small forward version of Draymond Green. Um, I'm stoked that the Lakers got him. I, I I was excited to see him in the NBA, and he just happened to land to the to the Lakers. Yeah, he's 6'4", 238 pounds. He's got a wingspan of seven one. Yeah. He averaged eleven point eight points per game, four point nine rebounds per game, two point three assists. See, he he doesn't wow you in the stat column, but watch this kid play basketball. It's a uh, it's fun to watch him use his big body, long arms, and just get. He's a he's just a hooper, man. He yeah. turns 19 in November. And plus, man, Simeon High School, they just be putting out the talent, right? It's one of the great one of the great high school uh, programs. I've never seen his kid play. <laughs> yep, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting you on. We're ready to go. Um, Guess what, TP? What's up? THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, first Lakers player drafted that was born in the 2000s. Clutch sports. Yeah, he's, for, he is a clutch kid. Playing for the clutch Lakers. Um, so, uh, But the second round was full of some good stuff. Bull Bull going to Denver. Yeah, I know I know. Blake had some thoughts on Bull Bull. I mean, I hope he, I hope he makes it. Rooting for Bull. I felt bad for him that whole night. Yeah. Why, do you think, why do you think he ended up falling? Well, he's a big guy that's already had foot problems. But as far as, like, injuries and big guys, like, it's never – Never a good recipe. I know there's que- I know there's questions about his dedication to to the game of basketball. Yeah, I've heard I've seen some stuff about people being turned away about his maturity level. Yeah, he's I like see him on social still. media, and he's definitely a kid still. I mean, he's that that's who he is. He hasn't matured yet, but uh, I do I do think he has an NBA game, and I think health is the only thing standing in his way. I think once he gets to the league and practicing, he'll be. I think he'll. As far as seven footers that get drafted for their size, like he's way more skilled than most of those guys. So well, he's and got here's, a chance. And here's the thing: in Denver, he has no pressure to really like come back like quickly and try and prove himself. It's like he can play behind Nikola Jokic. They yeah, have it's, Mike. This, it's going to be a while before this guy's in, on NBA court. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, they shut him down for the summer league because he hurt his knee again. But he's going to be back this year, so it's. Bobo really has no pressure in Denver to to come back 
any quicker than he needs to. Yeah, that that's a project. He's not in the plan at all for the Denver this year. Yep, nope, not not going to be in the road to him. But Michael Porter Jr., that's the X factor. That could be like the free agent rookie acquisition Denver needs to like put them over the top. That's all bonus, baby. They need a they need a scoring forward, and if they can get anything out of him and actually like justify a first round pick, and that could be the p- the piece that puts them over the top. Yeah, for yeah. sure, big time. They're stacked. Porter. They're loaded. They got everything else they need. They got their team. This They're running in, it back. This latest injury definitely concerns me big time. Um, but I I liked him as a redshirt rookie of the year candidate to to challenge R.J. and Zion. And if that if if he wins rookie of the year, then Denver's going to win the West. Yeah. That'd be crazy. So, well, speaking of another uh, Seattle kid, did you guys see Jalen McDaniels got picked up by Charlotte in the second round? Of course. San Diego State kid. He's going to have a tough time making a team, I think. But uh, I hope he makes it. I mean, well, I hope he I think he's around. got a. I think he's got a pretty good opportunity to make the team in Charlotte because who knows what they're doing. It's just tough. Like, uh, you know, I think he might – I think he's looking at a G League contract. Okay. But, I mean, I'm stoked he's in the league. You yeah. Know, obviously. Shout out to Kyle Guy getting drafted. I did not see that coming at all. Oh, yeah. Kicking hoop. What? Any other any other guys you guys want to talk about before we move on to the NBA awards? No, I think we're. I think I mean I covered everything I wanted to touch on. All right. So the NBA awards. They need to move this back. To just a bad system in general. Right out, like they need to move it back to announcing right after the regular season is over. It's like I remember growing up when the MVP would receive the MVP trophy at a home game, like the first home game in the second round that his team had. That's what, like, yeah. growing up, that's what I remember. And I think it needs to go back to, to that system because nobody cares about the regular season awards come June 20 Yeah, that was whatever. way better. All basketball purists would love. It's awesome having the MVP announced in the playoffs, but they're never going to go back to that because they don't make any money off that. Yeah, it's it's quite unfortunate. But, TP, do you remember what you predicted I do. for the awards? I do. What would you I have? I mean, I think we should just start out with the top the top dog. Yeah. Um, Giannis. Yeah. MVP. We that both was, had Giannis. No, that was my first That was my first miss. I thought. I had Giannis. I cannot believe they didn't give it to Harden. I really can't. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but to average 36 a game, um, I just didn't. I didn't see that happening anytime soon. And uh, I know that I know what Giannis did this year, and I know how he kind of dominated the East uh, in the regular season. But man, I just, I, I just, I, James Harden's season was just like I, I can't put worse. It was amazing. Yeah, no, it was, it was unlike any season I think any of us have ever seen in it's our not, lifetime. It's not necessarily the most entertaining game in the world. You know, a lot of people don't like to watch, but I mean, thirty-six a game is is crazy. Yeah, I thought Giannis was uh, the MVP. I was happy to see him win MVP. Like, uh, I think he's a much better two-way player than uh, James Harden. I couldn't agree more with that. No, he's a better player. I just, I just felt as the season goes, you know what I mean. And, and looking at who the most valuable player, James Harden just did did things this year that I I, I had seen. 
I was just super, super happy to see Giannis win MVP because I know me and Tyler had conversations his rookie year about him being an MVP candidate someday. Yeah. Which is awesome to see that that finally yeah, come true and did. manifest itself. Let me know. I actually know what I'm talking about in this NBA shit. Well, and at the end of the day, he won in a landslide. Well, he and he's the guy that's like he was just when we what we saw was a peek into the future back in back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we hadn't seen him play before the NBA. If you're, if you're a hoop head, you've seen that clip of uh, Reggie Evans asking him when he's on the bench, how old are you? When Giannis is like a rookie. He's yeah. like 18, yeah. 19. Like, yeah. people saw it coming. If you saw him play, I remember you knew that. what was going on. You knew he had this potential. Hey, and it's he, just awesome to see him he, like, he reach was, it. He was the window into the future. Yeah. Like, this, is what, this is what David Stern, you know, I think envisioned when he wanted to bring make the game global, make the game higher scoring. You know what I mean? All the rule changes. Um, we're seeing we're seeing it now. You know, the for the first time, I think ever, the best player in the world is not an American. I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, you could. I yeah, mean, I, th- I mean, I think Giannis is MVP, but like, I got the best player in the world right now is Kawhi. I'd have to agree with that statement. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying that's like I'm gonna, you know, sell the farm on Giannis is the best player in the world, but, but he's got a case. It's definitely a global no, game for sure. Now. He's got a case. Keep getting these guys popping up from all over the place. It's yeah. awesome. And, yeah. and I think Giannis will be the best player in the league at some point in his career. Yeah. And l- like I said, he he won in a landslide. He received 78 first place votes. James Harden was second. Yeah, I think he only I, received 23 first place votes. I just think people just don't like his game. You know, they don't like his play style. They don't like the Rockets. Um, I just, I, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean that's that. I mean that's it. You know, I, I just think people don't like it. It's not. It's not fun to watch. Well, and at the at the end of the day, in their mouth. At the end of the day, the Rockets. But he he carried that team. But they, in the they West. started out slow. On the other side, Giannis and the Bucks were the only team to win 60 games. They, they suffered they, so many injuries. You know what I mean? I think he dealt with way more adversity than Giannis did. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you're the MVP. And, I'm, I, and I don't really have a beef with Giannis. I just uh, – oh, Yeah, it, I mean, those were the two guys. It was, yeah, the, it was those yeah, two. Yeah, right? I just uh, – man, 36 a game. I, th- I still think it's stupid that Russ isn't getting votes. I, agreed. You know what I mean? Like – Triple doubles. Don't, we've talked. We've I, had this conversation so many times. Not, we, got put, we got put some value on winning, boys. Yeah, but it's just like a triple double though. Three straight years. First, that's, that's just first round playoff elimination. I think. I think. I think it's relative to the to the sample size you want to take. I think Russ is always he shot a terrible percentage. I mean, I get it. He, I mean, but you know, there's been other players that have succeeded and shot yeah. terrible shooting percentage. Uh, I just think that like he went he. Ma- He's made the playoffs every fucking year. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he got out of the, in the first round the last three years, but the three years before that, he was in the Western Conference Finals. And, and uh, you know. I, With uh, Kevin Durant. But, but but he was still doing the damn thing. Yeah, but it's like with that year after Durant, they weren't supposed to make the playoffs. He, he wills them to the playoffs. You know, the next year obviously was a disappointment because they had Melo and Paul, Paul George. And then, you know, this year, it's just like, yeah, the last couple of years haven't been, you know, they haven't made it to the Western Conference Finals, but it's not Russ's fault. Yeah. but well, anyway. I mean, Russ is an all-star, but, I mean, he's not MVP candidate in my opinion. Triple doubles, man, three straight years. I just never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Same. But anyway. Dude, I, never, I never saw I'd see anybody average triple-double. Yeah. But. And, and it's just like the, the passion that he plays with, I think it's easy to like. I think it, that's, like, so much more likable than, like, James Harden's game. Couldn't agree more. You know. Anyway, back to back to Giannis real quick. 
with him winning MVP, he tied Steve Nash as the lowest draft pick to win MVP. Giannis uh, was picked 15th, same with Steve Nash. Carl Malone. That's a good one. Yeah, Carl Malone and Kobe are the next lowest at 13th. And, and then in the summer of 2017, obviously, uh, famously, Kobe challenged him on Twitter to win MVP. Kobe was handing out uh, challenges to multiple players throughout the NBA at the time that summer right after he retired and Giannis tweeted at Kobe basically saying he was waiting for his challenge and Kobe responded with a simple three-letter tweet just MVP and two years later Giannis has Giannis has made that come to fruition Kobe knew what's up (laughs) it's it's pretty crazy hey what have I been saying all year what's his next challenge what Kobe say next championship yeah Duh. I mean, what did I what did I say all year? What did I compare that year to? Jordan in 88. Yep. And then I think he just he completed it. He didn't win the title. He won that MVP, and he just showed the world that he's coming. Yeah, he, no he, doubt. He's up next. No doubt. All right, the next award, Defensive Player of the Year. I nailed it. Yeah, so did I. We both had Rudy Gobert. Back-to-back years. Back-to-back years. Defensive player of the year. The analytics are insane behind this kid on the on the court with the Jazz. It's like when they when he's on the court, their defense is just so much better than literally the rest of the league. It's uh, you know, if you're the best defensive player on the best defensive team at the and you're the best at your position on defense, it's like obvious choice, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the main reasons that the Utah is going to be dominating next year. They're going to have a chance to win it at all. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think there's a legitimate case to be argued for a Mike Connolly, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, big three, quote-unquote. Utah's going to win like 60 games next year. Oh, I don't know about that. The West is going to be very tough. Yeah, but they for sure won in 50. I'm, 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 yeah, I've, 50 I think is a lot more reasonable than 60. I'm not sure if any West team wins more than 55 games next year. We'll see. All right, next next award we got is Rookie of the Year. I think we both nailed it on the head with Luca. I did not. I, I took Trey Young. Damn it! Why am but, I not remembering this? Well, right? I pl- I put my votes in. I didn't pre- we're like I didn't predict. I Whoa. put my vote in, and my vote was Trey Young. Well, okay, so I'm. I guess I made my. Prediction. I also said that I thought it was the the closest, um, the closest version of Jake Kidd and Grant Hill splitting the award in a long, long time. It wouldn't have shocked me if they would have made it co, but I think in today's day and age i don't think a co-rookie of the year is something the mvp is looking for or the the nba is looking for excuse me how how close was the voting uh luke could get like 98 percent of the votes hey i would predict i'm not saying it was my prediction i'm just saying that's it was my vote i feel like as more of the years go by this comparison of trey young and luca is going to be real uh so real farther apart hey so far year one i'm sitting pretty and so far, I'm more right than I'm wrong. Blake was right. Luca won in a landslide. Uh, Trey Young only got two first place votes compared to Luca receiving 98 first place votes. That's fine. Luca dominated. I'm a Luca fan. I, I, I ain't mad at it at all. All right. Six man of the year. You had. I had Lou Will. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So did I. I mean, Lou Will, makes the sense. man. I think just like Rudy Gobert, he was kind of the obvious choice. Man's yeah. a hooper. Lou Will's killer. Yeah, three-time six-man of the year Especially now. Especially just them making the playoffs, you know. I think yeah. that was the, the ceiling factor. Yeah. 
All right, most yeah, he Im- may be coming off the bench, but he's closing out games. Yeah, yeah. listen, if for him, it's it, it's not about if he starts. It's he's going to be finishing the games no matter what. That's an important that's an important role to have on a team. You can have a sixth man that can come in and do things for you. That's and, instrumental. And for a, a player to understand that, that says a lot about what he's willing to sacrifice for his team. And they had two of those guys last year. Didn't Montrez get some sixth place votes? He did. He, he was did. Really top three. Was he top three? I think so. Jeez. Wow. All right, most improved. Who did Nailed you? It. Yeah, Pascal Siakam. But I said when we were picking, I said it's just because I'm like a D'Angelo Russell hater. <laughs> I think Russell is like just as deserving as Siakam, but ultimately I, I, I went with Siakam. Yeah, I was hoping for Sabonis. That was my preseason prediction. Yeah. He was close. Yeah. Had a good year. Yeah, no, yeah, he had a great year and he had a great role. I think that, like, he's going to be – it was nice to, like – he was that sixth man. Um, he was playing those big minutes, and now Thad's gone. He's going to slip in there as a starter. Uh, it's going to be easy. Yeah. Who did you have for coach of the year? I think I I think I picked Budenholzer. Yeah, so I also had Budenholzer and Mike Budenholzer from the Walker but Bucks. My, but I'm also I, – I also went on a rant about Doc Rivers. <laughs> and – at the award show, Doc Rivers uh, kind of went viral with his facial expression when it was announced. Then that Mike Budenholzer won. But uh, it's just I mean, tough, listen, man, when you have the best team, it's like obviously there's doing something right. So best player on best teams always got a chance to win MVP, and the coach of the best teams always got a chance to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, they were the only team to win 60 games this year. They they had control of the Eastern Conference for majority of the season i think doc did the best job though i just i really do i think he just i mean his coaching last year was insane he did the most with the least yeah he did the best job what he had yeah no both those guys had great years budenholzer like he really took over and showed what like those other coaches were missing out on in milwaukee really changed the system made it more about Giannis, and it worked paid off yeah yeah all right, now who did you have for executive of the year? Do you remember? I don't know. It should. I don't know who won it, but it should have been Majiri. <laughs> oh yeah, Masai Ujiri. Yeah, it sh- it should have been. I predicted that it was going to be Elton Brand for what he did with Philadelphia, getting Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. But it actually went to John Horst of the Milwaukee Bucks, which I thought was kind of surprising. I think that's kind of surprising too, because I don't feel like their roster moves are what put them over. Like Blake just said, I think the coaching is what put them over the edge, not the rosters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, who'd they bring in from, like, the year before? Just Brooke? Bledsoe? Or yeah. did they get Bledsoe that year before? I think Bledsoe – tra- or was that – I can't remember. Was that a trade? Bledsoe was a trade. I think I think that was early on in the season. If not, it was last year. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I don't remember if – like Honestly. Bledsoe would be considered in your voting for this season or last season. But yeah, but I think like the only additions that Milwaukee made were Brooke, Nikola Mirotic, and Pau Gasol. George Hill. Executive of the years out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, well, but what's crazy? <laughs> what, what's crazy is though is what with Elton Brand with what he did with Philadelphia to get them to where they were. He didn't even receive a first place vote, and then, like you said, Blake, you thought it should have been Masai Ujiri from Toronto. He only received two first place votes. He crushed it, though. Yeah, I would. I, <laughs> bling bling. <laughs> yeah, but that 
that's all the awards that I have. Yeah. I don't know. No, that was it. No, no other awards. They're worth mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, I guess. I guess that wraps it awards. up. Like best Twitter follow. We should have had a bunch of good ones. We fucked Sneaker up. Sneaker King. PJ Tucker wins Biggest that for sure. Yeah. PJ Tucker though for Sneaker King for sure. Biggest Crybaby. James Kyrie Harden. Irving. Biggest fucking cancer your team. Demarcus Cousins. Worse with the no, media. No, that's Kyrie. Kyrie's the fucking cancer. Wor- oh, worse, yeah, Kyrie is the Worse with yeah. the media, Kevin Durant. Oh, I, I forgot. We didn't even talk about last episode. Kevin Durant changed in his number to seven. Yeah, wild move. What, what is that? Kenny Anderson and Joe Johnson just carrying on the lead. I think it's the Paul George rebirth. It was, it's just like you know? uh, I know his statement. He said that like he wore 35 in like honor of uh, somebody like close to him, and like he never like said like who it was. Yeah. But I know he's got a huge back piece of three five on really? his back. It's huge. Yeah. So I was like, could not. His company. His it's like fingers. Yeah. You know what I mean, his company. His company is 35 Ventures. Yeah. I no. He he he. Blaze right. He wore it because someone close to him died at the age of 35. Oh damn. Um, and uh, like. I think I just think seven is like I move like this is a new chapter in my life. Like I seen I seen on Twitter uh, earlier this week after like he announced that he changed his number. There was like a picture of him from a press conference in April and he was wearing just a black hat with a white seven on it. Yeah, that's like Katie tried to tell us. Like the mellow hat. Yeah, basic. No, it looked like the Chance the Rapper hat. Well, that's what mellow rocks. It's the seven one. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. We should have known. Katie yeah. told us. Maybe dropping dropping dimes every now and then. Yeah, but uh, I guess that that wraps it up. I mean, we we knocked out two episodes tonight. Yeah. The three of us, we yeah. killed it. Uh, we pre we not previewed, but we recapped uh, basically all of NBA free agency as the dust is somewhat settled in the last episode. There's so much that happened. Um, I mean, is it October yet? Are we ready? I'm ready to go. So, all right. With that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Blake, thank you so much for uh, sticking around and knocking out two episodes with us. Clip City, Chip City. No, hold on. No, we're addressing this right now. You can't call the Clippers Clip City, Chip City when they've never won a championship. That was just for you, Sklar. I knew you'd love that one. No, I hate it. got a chance, Sklar. We'll see how this year goes. Okay, but don't call it Clip City Chip City till you won a championship. What if what if we had it? What if we lived in a world where this time next year the Browns and the Clippers got a fucking title? I might. I might. The sports world. The only way to complete that trifecta is the Mariners win the World Series, and then you literally got the three worst franchises in their sports winning the title. If the Clippers and the Browns. Win a championship in the same year next year. I might quit pursuing sports radio. <laughs> hey man, it's a fucking possibility. That's the craziest part. It's not just some asshole comment. The Browns and the Clips, baby. Are, no, I think are I think the Clippers got the best roster in the NBA. I'm not ready to say that yet. But anyway, Blake, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. The Pelicans got the best roster in the NBA. The Lakers have the best roster in the NBA. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. We are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. 
be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.